Right now, I want to welcome to the show a friend of the program. She's usually here to talk politics. Now I'm going to do a little bit of that with him. But uh, former congressional staffer, campaign consultant, writes for progressive uh, uh, websites, a broadcaster and a podcaster, Matt Robeson. Matt, good morning. Glad to have you on again. Good morning. It's always great to be on. I, I, you you have a podcast which we have talked about from time to time in the early days when you and I first started working together here we talked more about it and I want to get into beyond politics a little bit because you actually picked up a nice uh, nice recognition this week and I want to get into that but I got I, I I can't have you on the line without asking a couple of quick political tidbits all right yeah hit me with the, the political stuff although I've got to hit you your prior conversation buried the lead my friend it isn't about House of Games or House of Cards or, or whatever, House of the Dragon. The show you guys are missing out on is called For All Mankind. It's on Apple TV. It's the best thing on TV right now. Wait a minute. Let me write this down. What's it called again, Matt? It's called For All Mankind. It's on Apple TV. It imagines how history would have unfolded if the Russians had beaten us to the moon in 1969. And it's Ooh, I like so that. Smart. It's so stunning, and it's it's just it's incredibly clever. It's politics, it's history, it's it's a little bit of sci-fi. There's some drama in there. The drama is actually the worst part of it. Uh, that's my recommendation. <laughs> All right, now we can do politics. All no, wait, wait, no, wait, I, no, wait, no, wait. I'm I'm with I'm with uh, I'm with with Bob. This sounds interesting to me. I love alternate history uh, stuff. You know, uh, what if the South had won the Civil War? Uh, what if World War II had been lost by the uh, by the uh, Allies? So this, uh, for all mankind, I think I've seen teases for it, but I haven't watched it. I'm going to have to put that on my under list. under the radar. So, yeah, it's under the yeah. radar. But, you know, it's, uh, that, that's, that's my hot tip of the day. Hey, Matt, without giving it away, does that mean we're speaking Russian here in, in West Virginia? <laughs> well, it's, it's, not quite, it's not quite that. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, though, it's revealing. Talk about, you know, West Virginia obviously is highly tied into the history of the space program. Because one of the proud sons of West Virginia, Chuck Yeager, was not selected for the Mercury program, even though he was the most accomplished flight test pilot in American history. And the other set of people who were not selected after initially being considered were a group of women. This is real history. John Glenn shut it down. John Glenn pushed to have them excluded from the Mercury program. And this is one of the great things about the show is they consider, well, what if that hadn't happened? What if women had been integrated into it from the start? So there is a West Virginia tie, but it's, it's no, no, you're, you're, not, you're not all speaking Russian. We're not all speaking. <laughs> that's, that's good because that Cyrillic alphabet will be hard for me to figure out, so I'm glad, I'm glad we're not. Let's, uh, you know what, since we're talking about off the, off the beaten politics track, let's, let's start with beyond politics and then we'll do couple of contemporary things for a minute but uh you you do beyond politics you also have a talk show host a talk show on wkxl uh in new hampshire and uh your beyond politics um uh, podcast and your radio show uh were honored this uh, i don't know this week but recently by the new hampshire associated broadcasters right that is that is right we're, we're very proud about that we received an award for best feature for an interview we did with the former Chief Justice of the New Hampshire Supreme Court. It's a story that's a little bit lost now, but made national headlines at the time. Um, his son struggled with substance abuse and uh, addiction and, and mental health issues. 
and one night uh, attacked Chief Justice John Broderick of the Supreme Court and, and nearly killed him. His dad. And, uh, his dad. And, and that's where the story starts, but it doesn't end there. And we had a really remarkable interview with Chief Justice Broderick and talked about what unfolded from there. And that, that was the, uh, you know, I learned something when, you, when you're up for an award, whether it's an Academy Award or the New Hampshire Association of Broadcasters Award, uh, you submit one episode as sort of the, the you know, the, the representative yeah. of your work. And that was the one we submitted. But, you know, the way we took it was, look, we work awfully hard on Beyond Politics to present a high-quality show. It's not always the best market strategy to differentiate yourself on the basis of quality. <laughs> I, there are two million podcasts out there, two million active podcasts, and I think it's awfully hard for people to tell the difference between ones that strive for quality and ones that don't. But we strive hard for getting fascinating people with fascinating stories, real expertise, real insight onto the show. And, you know, we just it, – it's not quite winning an Academy Award, but we did take it as some recognition that, um, you know, we're, we're striving for something that matters, and, and we're, we're proud of it. Well, everybody – and I think I mean almost everybody says, I think I'll do a podcast. I mean, that's, that's the response of almost anybody anymore. Two million active podcasts out there and available. And you guys, uh, Beyond Politics – tends to be in the top, what, 10 15% of all of them on a fairly regular basis. That's, yeah, that's right. Those are pretty impressive numbers. Well, we, we're proud of that. We're proud of that. Um, you know, and, and back in May, uh, we, we got into the top 40 for a little while because we had one particular episode, a deep dive history of the roots of the right-wing movement in this country. Mm. Um you know, we had that kind of go viral and, and pick up. You know, there, there are ups and downs with it. But, yes, we, we are in that top percent. And, look, um, you know, if people value quality, which obviously your listeners do because they're listening to you, Howard. <laughs> so if people, if people value high-quality, you know, hard work, high-quality content, I hate that word, high-quality audio, high-quality radio, high-quality podcasts, then, you know, do us a favor, look us up, Beyond Politics, subscribe, and leave us a rating and a review, especially like a five-star rating, because that really helps. We want to get, we want to go beyond 10%. We want, we want top 5%, and we want to stay there consistently, and we're right on the cusp. We're almost there. Let's talk about some of the more, to you, interesting, um, off the political fray, uh, off the political trail uh, interviews that you've done on Beyond Politics, either recently or in the, you know, moderately recent past. What are some of the ones that that jump out at you that you, you think maybe if we're going to go over to your uh, to the podcast page and start looking for something, what are some really interesting ones that you enjoyed doing and that you felt were really useful? I had a, a really fun interview with Annie Duke, who is familiar to many as one of the top professional poker players in the world during the poker boom of the mid-2000s. She was omnipresent on TV. She, you know, she was always in the top tier of tournaments, and she, she gave it all up. She actually she quit, and if it sounds like that's an insult, it's not because she's just written a book about quitting and about the psychology and the decision science behind why we're so reluctant to quit things 
when we really should, when you can analyze the situation and turns out you'd be much better off quitting, whether it's in a job or a relationship or a dangerous endeavor you're in. If you're in a if you're in a marathon and you break your leg on mile eight, this is something that actually happened to Siobhan O'Keefe, and you keep running, shouldn't you have quit? Well, of course you should have. But we tell ourselves all these stories about, oh, never quit, never give up, never say die. And don't be a quitter. Don't be a quitter. Exactly. And it turns out that we're 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 fooling ourselves and um, you know, and so that was a that was a fascinating. She tells all these remarkable stories uh, that really explain a better way to, to kind of get past these mental traps that we fall into, and think, just be smarter, just think better about making decisions and, and recognizing situations earlier where you should stop doing something so you can give yourself the opportunity to put your energy into something else. That that was a really fun one. Not the usual political stuff, though. You have, um, as I said, now th- unfortunately this now is merging in with politics a little bit, but you've done a couple of, of really intriguing uh, deep dives into the education system as well. Right. We've done, uh, we've done a lot of work uh, on education, and some of that does merge into another podcast we have, Great Ideas, um, which is all about policy. But, you know, we thought a lot. And policymakers, all of us, people who are parents, like I'm a parent, you know, we, we're all thinking a lot these days about how to make education work, especially as we come out of the pandemic era in America. What good can we take from the distance learning experience? You know, there are good, valuable things, and we've, we've heard a lot about that um, from experts and people who are innovators about, you know, this is, think about a rural state, West Virginia. You know, there are, there are advantages, massive advantages to be gained if you can bring high-quality education to people in remote areas who may not have the resources, the, the teachers present, may not have the concentration of students. You know, the ability to bring world-class material and teaching and some of the power of uh, computing to bear to help our students so that everyone gets a fair shot no matter where they live that's a that's an awesome idea that a lot of people can get on board with, but we all had such a negative experience with remote learning over the past couple of years that we've kind of dismissed it. So, yeah, I put in a lot of work to trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we not throw the baby out with the bathwater? So beyond politics and great ideas really do go beyond politics and, and really take a look at, at a, a variety of different things. Politics is always front and center for those of us in the game that you and I are in, but uh, these are some off the off the normal path uh, interviews, and even when they're political, you tend to find some really interesting and different folks maybe to to bring to your to your audience. Um, you have, of course, a, a partner in crime on your uh, radio station and on the on the podcast. Uh, former uh, former congressman, I believe, correct? That's right. Um, actually, a, a congressman who I worked for, I was his chief of staff. He's a former U.S. congressman from New Hampshire. And that's helpful because he gets all his old buddies. We get a lot of insiders onto the show. Um, you know, and there's a certain cachet. I mean, you know, people people like um, showing up. So we get, you know, we get people like the the, the famous writer Jonathan Rauch, who won. So it's called it's it's it doesn't matter what it's called. It's the Pulitzer Prize for magazine writing, and he mm-hmm. writes for the Atlantic. And he wrote a fascinating story on here's what 
we know a second Trump term would be like based on what Trump himself has done and said. Uh, but, you know, we also get, because because of Paul, and I think just because, I mean, you know how it is. You're, you're going out and finding interesting guests all the time. Sometimes we just kind of go out and ask. So we had the senior project scientist for the James Webb Space Telescope, Dr. John Mather. He, he won a Nobel Prize in physics for basically proving that the Big Bang happened, okay? This is the guy who proved the Big Bang, and he now leads the science for the James Webb Space Telescope. We had an amazing conversation with him. Last year, last year, we had to talk about off the beaten path. We had the top UFO video analyst in the world. He's kind of a debunker. And we had him on the yeah. show to, to walk through the best video evidence we have and to sort of break down, all right, here's what we can say, here's what we can't say. That was a fascinating episode. So, yeah, you know, we've, um, we, we do get quite a great variety. Um, we had yesterday we had Stephen Rosenfeld on from the Independent Media Institute. Uh, PC had written recently uh, about this question. I'm going to throw this at you, and then we'll take a break and do a little political talk when we come back. Um, the question that Stephen and I were talking about yesterday was, does Donald Trump believe what he says? Oh boy, trying to get through the mind of Donald Trump. I'll tell you what. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Because you asked that question. I'm going to make it a homework for assignment for myself. Uh, I'm going to try to get Mary Trump, who is both the, uh, Donald Trump's niece and a psychologist, uh, a clinical psychologist. I'll try and get her on the show, and I'll ask her. Um, yes, I, I believe he does. I'm going to speculate for a second here. I believe he does in the same way that Steve Jobs used to have a reality distortion field. I think Trump has a reality distortion field. Now, that said, that said, the January 6th committee just showed that there was an exchange between Donald Trump and his chief of staff where he admitted that he knew that he had lost the election. And he continues to lie about it. After, after that, the, the committee subpoenaed him, he sent a 14-page unhinged letter with, in big, bold, the 2020 election was rigged and stolen, which is a huge lie, the big lie. So, but we know that deep down, he knows that that's not true. We also know that he knew that COVID was going to be deadly back in February. He admitted that on 60 Minutes. He, we, we, we had that. He admitted that to Bob Woodward. He knew that COVID was going to be deadly, and then he downplayed it. So I think the answer is he does live in a reality distortion field, and sometimes he kind of you know, smokes his own brand. But I think a lot of the time he knows he's full of it, too. Yeah, have you got a couple more minutes for me? I need to do a news break. i got a couple other uh, political things I want to talk to you about. Can you hang in for a minute or two? Always happy to, sure. All right, 9.36, till the hour. Matt Robeson with It's a holiday. conversation Wheeling City Council folks are having to change their meeting times. And John and I laughed a bit about, my God, how can meeting times be such a controversial issue? 
Uh, but it is. So Wheeling Council meets at noon on one Tuesday of the month and then meets at 5.30 on the other Tuesday of the month. And the idea is to give people who can't get uh, in the evening a chance to come in the midday and can't get midday to come in the evening. Uh, but council wants to move them all to evening meetings, and they're going to vote on that tonight. The only point I wanted to make, Bob, uh, I can't believe this. The newspaper, the newspaper actually acknowledged the mayor and vice mayor's radio show here on this station. Uh, we never get that uh, in the, uh, the article. The mayor and vice mayor took to the airwaves using uh, the bulk of their hour-long Wednesday radio show, Your Wheeling, No Two Ways About It, to vehemently defend the time change legislation. Man, I've never seen him mention our, our, our radio show before. Well, we, they are changing. Thanks, happening. thanks, John McCabe. Maybe mention us next time. Yeah, you might say the morning show that I sometimes, well, if you're McCabe, the morning show with Howard Monroe that I am frequently on. You could say that, too. All right, Matt Robeson is frequently with us. He is a talk show host at uh, WKXL in New Hampshire and also podcaster uh, beyond politics and great ideas. And frequently I invite him to just offer some thoughts on a couple of political stories. I've got to make this kind of like a lightning round here, uh, Matt, but I want to get a, your take on a couple of things. Probably not a great surprise, but still kind of shocking uh, the report that came out in the Washington Post yesterday that Donald Trump's hotels had charged the Secret Service as much as five times the going rate for them to be in their hotels while they were protecting the president. I mean, that's just a scummy thing to do. Um, yes, on brand. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, since you said this is lightning round, I'm going to do the, the Joe Biden from that debate. Like, you know, can you... Uh, exhibit message discipline and, and greater brevity. <laughs> yes, yes, that is scummy, Howard. It's scummy. Um, I, it could not be more on brand for the man. What can I say? He's he's flooded the zone with so much evil that we we no longer. It's like, oh, is that all? Great. You mean he wasn't actively like I don't know cooking and eating secret secret service agents? Fine. All right, that's not that bad. <laughs> Just overcharging the government that he supposedly uh, runs uh, uh, for the people who supposedly are keeping him safe. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, we, we, we expect it's, that. Expect that of him. Definitely on the totem pole of Donald Trump's crimes, it's pretty low. It's, uh, you know, it's, I would say it does not crack into the top 700. <laughs> you talked about this briefly before the break. Just a quick thought. Will Donald Trump testify before the January 6th committee? And was it a wise move on their part to subpoena him? I can't imagine that he will. I can't imagine that he will. You know, any lawyer worth their salt. I mean, you know the dark joke going around Republican circles is that MAGA now stands for Make Attorneys Get Attorneys. The attorneys that he (laughs) trotted out to represent that to judges, to federal judges, that, oh, all of the files from Mar-a-Lago have been turned over, and they said that. they may, Well, that's lying. Lying is wrong. Don't do it to a federal judge, people. And if you're going to testify before a congressional committee, do not perjure yourself. That's illegal. And the possibility that Trump would perjure himself or make matters worse, and no lawyer would put this insane lunatic who delivers <laughs> word salads of falsehoods constantly uh in front you know in a situation where he's under oath um so i no, i probably not but uh 
I guess it's not. Now, were they wise? To, yeah, I think it's a check-the-box exercise. I think they're saying that they they tried. One of the things that came out, this is kind of a crossover to our, our discussion about, you know, show, shows that we've done recently. You know, the, the show yesterday, we had a deep dive with the two top reporters in the two Trump impeachments who just released a book today as we record this, October 18th. They're blockbuster new book on the impeachments it's called unchecked is out today and those two authors were with us and they showed that democrats missed opportunities in both impeachments especially the second by not by pulling their punches but also by not giving republicans the feel that they had given due process to trump and it could have changed some votes it could have changed some of the outcome so I think they're checking the box just to say that they gave Trump the opportunity to testify, and ultimately they don't expect him to. In an interview with the New York Times this week, Marjorie Taylor Greene, bless her little heart, uh, said that if uh, the Republicans take control of the House, and they probably will, and if um, Kevin McCarthy becomes a House Speaker, probably, but not a guarantee, that he is going to have to give her a lot of power and a lot of leeway, and she is going to be calling the shots. Uh, let me begin by saying, oh, Lord, help us know. And then is she right? Uh, quite possibly. So I wrote an article for Newsweek about four months ago, and I think you and I talked about it on this show, in which I said, look, close doesn't just count in horseshoes and hand grenades. It also counts in the U.S. House of Representatives. There's a big difference between a Republican wave that gives them a comfortable margin and one that leaves them with a very narrow margin like Democrats currently, I was about to say, enjoy. They do not enjoy it. Let's be clear. <laughs> they do not enjoy this situation one bit. Nancy Pelosi does not enjoy this because it is so hard to manage a close House margin when you have these pivot people so, yes, if, it, if Republicans end up with a relatively large margin, a 20-seat or so margin, then, you know, they can afford to ostracize some people. They can afford to sideline some people. They can try and say, hey, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, go um, in the corner over there and uh, shut up. Please do not say one word. But if not, if they need everyone, they need them to play ball, then those – kinds of figures gain leverage and that means that they get to go out and do the marjorie taylor green insanity hour every day and in a way that's you know that's that's a good outcome for democrats because it shows the true nature of what the republican coalition has become so that's why so the short answer is yes it could very well be true if things are close and that's why when you watch election night results i know we'll all just focus on did Democrats keep the House somehow ma magically or, or lose it. But there's a deeper question, which is how big is the margin? Because a close margin will matter. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Matt, always good talking to you. Uh, we'll do it again sometime in the near future, talk more politics. In the meantime, I encourage people to check out the web, the uh, podcast Beyond Politics, the award-winning website, if you will, uh, and also check out um, uh, the Great Ideas podcast as well. And they're on almost all of the podcast channels uh, I suggest Apple Podcasts might be an easy way to find them, but however you choose to do it, uh, find the podcast. Subscribe. That way, whenever new episodes are up, you'll get them. And uh, always enjoy talking to you, Matt. We'll do it again soon.
Thanks, Howard. Check out For All Mankind, too. Great show. Um, it's, it's, on my, it's on my list. I'm going to start looking, at, looking it up to, tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. All right, Matt Robeson with us, former congressional uh, staffer, a campaign consultant, a uh, podcaster, a broadcaster, a uh, progressive writer for a number of online sites, and a frequent political analyst here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Listen to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.